Hello, Core and Mads. How are you doing today? Hi. Great. Hi. Thank you. Now that the Core. <laughs> oh. So, Say Core. Something, Core. I said listening to Board Game Games Season 4, Episode 8, as I talk with Mads and Core about their upcoming game, Shake That City from AEG, as well as the Danish gaming community, and some of the pleasures and pitfalls of designing a game during the pandemic. Thanks for listening as we continue to explore the world of tabletop gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey, no, no, no. It's, uh, the cold open is always odd for people, but it's a, a fun way to, to get going. Uh, so this is uh, Core and Mads. They are co-designers on the game Shake That City that is coming out from uh, Alderact AEG. Oh, and there you have the, the box. Very nice. Uh, it's going to be hitting Kickstarter crowdfunding in November and then will be delivered as long as there's no problem sometime in the spring uh, to backers. Um, so why don't you, both of you in whatever order, tell us a little about the game and how you came to work together on that game. And... Let's go from there. Yeah. So I think Cole, maybe you should start explaining about how your plan was that you wanted actually to have a game signed uh, and that you put in uh, yeah. some yeah, extra I'll, work into that. Let's hear about I'll, that first. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a little bit of story. So me and Mass has been, uh, you know, in the in the game Danish game design community and known each other, but more like, you know, we, know, we knew each other who we were, but not much more than that. And then um, some time ago, I decided that I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to have a game published. That was sort of my uh, ambition that I thought it could be cool to have a game published. And then I sat down and say, how do I do that? And I realized between having a small kid and um, and working, uh, it was very hard to actually put in the effort that I thought it needed. So after some time, I decided, uh, some consideration, decided to take some time off to do that. So I worked part-time for a period. And up to that point, I started to say, okay, now I get all this time available. What do I want to do? And I sat down and wrote a list. And one of the things I wrote on that list was I wanted to work with somebody. I'd, I'd mostly done the games I'd done in the past. I had mostly done by myself. And I found from um, other activities I'd done that I really like working with people. So I sat down and said, I want to work with people. And I thought, who do I want to work with? And on top of that list was actually Mass. I thought I would really like to work with Mass. So uh, I, I grabbed hold of him and... Uh, we talked a little bit about we were actually I think we were testing one of your games, Mess, and and just talking. I said, hey, and I told him my plan and said, do you want to make a game together? And Mess said, sure, let's do that. And that was actually just before the Corona hit. Uh, so um, so we started out working. Uh, Mess came up with I think it was the first idea. Mess came up with he had this idea, uh, and and he he would like to hear what I thought about it. And we were working uh, remotely when we were trying to figure out how to do that, and that grew very quickly from there to uh, actually to shake that city. Very cool. Um, so did you have to work on uh, your prototype during, during any lockdowns or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think most of the design on the game was made uh, during uh, lockdowns. And uh, But I mean, Koi lives a few hours away and he could make the trip uh, down here to me and, and we would uh, meet up physically for some uh, meetings but uh, a lot of other meetings we just uh, did those online uh, especially when we actually after after we had signed the game uh, then it then it became even more uh, like in the development process that's all been done online uh, so with the with the publisher AG um, yeah yeah 
I mean, I, I only ask because uh, some people have hated that iteration process <laughs> of having to do things online, and some people have really enjoyed it. Um, how, how did how did that feel to both of you to to have to um, to work online on, on a prototype? Because a prototype, some people just like having the, the actual thing in their hands. How, how did that feel to to both of you? Yeah, so 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 this game is is very like a physical. It has a very physical yeah. component, as you can see here on the box. Uh, inside of the game, there's this box here, which we call the shaker. You will shake that, mm -hmm. then you will push a lever, and then you would lift it, and then these nine cubes, not exactly these nine, but a pattern of cubes like these nine here will be on the table. And then you will choose one of the colors. So then you will build something that corresponds to those colors on your player board uh, to build your own little city. And um, so that's a very physical thing. I think what we started out with was we had some cubes in a bag and we just took them out one by one until we had that grid. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one of us realized that, okay, well, there has to be a smarter and a quicker way to do this. So we, we took a box and we just put nine holes in it uh -huh. and cubes in, and then we sh shook that. And then when you lifted it, you had to be very careful not to drop any of the cubes and then put it back onto the table. And this is actually what we have, uh, what we had when we, when we showed it to AG. We were part of uh, something called the Pitch Project, uh -huh. which, uh, Sen, uh, which I think you, he's been on your show as well. Uh, um, and uh, uh, Jay, uh, so it's Jay Cormier, uh, I think mm -hmm. it's called, and uh, Sen Fung Lim, I, I think. Yeah, Sen, Sen has, yep. yeah. Yeah, and uh, they were running something called the Pitch Project uh, together, where they invite a lot of uh, uh, designers to come uh, and put their uh, like uh, sell sheets into a database, and then a lot of uh, publishers would uh, be able to look through those. And uh, some of those those will be selected to be part of like a big show uh, one day from morning to evening, and then uh, the publishers they could tune in and they could ask questions. Uh, but you had like five minutes or something like a pitch uh, to do that, which was also online. And uh, Cole, he was the one that handling all that. I was uh, holding the camera. <laughs> so we showed it to AG uh, among, among other uh, publishers there. But actually the interest from AG was there before that. And we told them, well, we are very gracious that you uh, are interested in our game. We are very interested in working with you, but we now gone through this process. We still want to show it uh, to, the, to the other publishers. And we had some additional interest. And, and in the end, uh, we, we chose to, uh, to find it, uh, its new home with AG. And we're very, very happy with that. Yeah. I think also in the early parts, you're, you're by the way very modest mess when you say somebody got the idea. You <laughs> you got that idea. I remember okay. that quite yeah. clearly. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I think in the early days, uh, for both of us, it was rather new to work uh, online. Um, I don't know if you, I think, no, you had done a little bit before me, mess, but it was not a lot. But I think what it really did, at least that was good for me, was it forced us to focus on the core mechanic early on. Uh, yeah. because uh, you, you we, we weren't bogged down by all sorts of uh, fine details and so on. We were very focused, okay, how do we make something interesting about from this idea that uh, Mess brought to the table? And and I think in that way, it was very good, quick to make iterations and, and quick to test. And the, the pitfall, I think, for us at least, was because this game has a physical component, we actually... Uh, forgot about it for a long time because we, especially when we <laughs> signed the game, we were used to just drawing uh, cubes out of a bag in Tabletop Simulator and and we knew we had the shaker thing and then when we started uh, working a little bit more with the shaker we, uh, we found out that uh, actually the way we intended it to work 
was gave a little too many errors uh, in the physical world, and we actually ended up modifying the game mechanics when we started testing it again in the physical world. So yeah. there were pitfalls in that process, but at least in the initial period, it was a very, very good process. I mean, that that's interesting, right? That, that you were able to do everything, even to the point of forgetting about the, the, the physical component, but then once you had to actually touch it again, it changed. Um, yeah. So what do you think the hardest part about co-designing a game is for either one of you? <laughs> I think yeah. that's actually finding the correct match. Uh, so Ko and I, just through this process, we just learned that we work very, very well together. Uh, so, And I've worked with other designers, and I still will be doing that. Um, but I've also started some designs with some other designers, which never came to fruition, and we just kind of grew out of it or something. You know, it's it's like finding a, a, a romantic partner in some ways. You know, you have to match each other, you have to complement each other in in some ways. Uh, Cole, for example, he's he's very good with numbers and stuff like that. And to me, it's like you know, I have to do basic arithmetic or whatever in my head. I just you know, it takes me too long, so I take out my phone and do it and, and stuff like that. Uh, so I I think I'm. Uh, on the team here, I'm, I, I might be more of an idea guy. I can I can come up with ideas and go through them quite quickly, and uh, then we you know go back and forth. And uh, Cole, he's he's usually the one who says, "No, Mass, that's not gonna work because you know <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> require a gazillion of those things and stuff like that." And yeah, uh, yeah. So so I think that's. That's what it is for me, at least. It's finding the right match, but let's let Cole answer it as well. And I, I, I very much agree. Um, I think for me, it's also actually a part of one of the things that's important for me is finding somebody which I like as a person. Uh, I prefer to. I mean, this is uh, this is uh, not work, so I can pick who I work with, mm-hmm. and uh, when I can do that, as I, I want it to be people I like, and I like mess very much. So I think that that does a lot. Um, and exactly that we are complementing each other. I think uh, the hard part is sometimes if you have different ideas on how to progress. Mm. So we have something, we agree that this is not working the way we want it to. And then there are two different paths or maybe even more about where we are going. Um, and I think we solved a lot of that by the, okay, let's test it, which is basically our mantra. Every time we get yeah. to something, okay, should we do this? And mm-hmm. we don't spend many minutes discussing before we say, okay, next step is testing it. So yeah. that sometimes uh, does, uh, does the trick for us there. But I think, I think that is the challenging part. And especially, I think in the early phases when somebody comes with an idea and, uh, and, and we discuss it back and forth, and then we might end up with two very different ideas of games in that discussion. I found like, Maybe I bring some idea and I explain it to Mass, and then when I explain it, Mass gets imagine a totally different game. And then when I'm done explaining, he's talking about that totally different game, and I no 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 that's not what I wanted at all. <laughs> and then figuring out well where are we putting our focus now? I think that is uh, uh, one of the challenging parts. Yeah. And if, if if you have two guys like me who just want to make all the things, <laughs> then it's it's like it doesn't work really. Uh, yeah. And I and I guess uh, yeah. So any any go, any go complete yeah no just uh, if you have a, a matching skill set that's not 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 the best match yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so what uh, let's explain the game a little bit more though because because I I've looked into it and uh, um, 
saw saw what you've uh, presented. But but tell everybody besides the box that dro- drops the cubes, what are we doing in the game? What are, what are, what are you doing in Shake That City? Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> we we shake the the shaker. Nine cubes comes out. Uh, the active player, which is like the first player, they will uh, choose one of the patterns that came out. And these patterns are quite interesting because in other polyomino games, you will have all the squares, they are stuck together in like one piece, like in Tetris. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this game, they can actually be sort of like modular polyominoes because two cubes can be up in this corner and another cube can be in this corner. And you will still have to replicate this pattern. And one of the things that we solved with this, so it's not, uh, gets so that it doesn't get too complicated is that all player boards are uh, at the same uh, orientation on the table and you cannot rotate stuff. Um, so when I'm looking at the patterns and I'm trying to see, okay, can I use this pattern? I can also t- take a look at the other players' player boards and I can look and see, okay, if I take this, then you are not getting it because it's even better for you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff like that. And in a lot of these games, you're just sitting and staring at your own player board. You're still doing this in this game. <laughs> it's not a very highly, highly interactive game like that. It's more of a, like a puzzle game, but, uh, but you still have this opportunity to uh, really easily uh, see uh, how the patterns would align on the other players' player boards. So, so that kind of opens it up. And one of the f- most fun things for me uh, when playing these types of games is that when you have these things where things just align perfectly, you can intersect them with each other and they interlock. And because we have these open patterns, you can make things that just you n- normally just wouldn't, like if you had like an L-shape and an L-shape in a no- normal polyamino game, you would have a hole in the middle. You'll have to substitute with a, just a single tile in the middle. Mm-hmm. But in this game, you can have stuff that's just, yeah, it's just, it opens it up. And, and makes it a lot more fun, I think, to play this uh, game. Uh, and what we're actually do- doing is we're, we're pl- trying to build the best city. And we're trying to do this by uh, each uh, thing in the, in the city that we can build. There's like five different things. So mm-hmm. we have roads, we have parks, we have factories, we have homes, and we have shops. And um, they each have their own color. So when you take something from the pattern, you don't actually take the cubes and put them on your player board. You just exchange those with the colors of the thing. So the red cubes are the homes, for example. Um, place it on your player board, and then there's uh, like point scoring mechanisms for how you place those next to other things. Uh, so we, we played a lot around uh, with that a lot. We wanted to have like a, a, a good balance. We didn't want to make a game sort of like uh, Cascadia, for example, where you have a lot of cards that you can exchange game for game mm-hmm. uh, because we, we, don't, we didn't feel that this design needed that. In Cascadia, uh, it's sort of the same puzzle if it's, if it's the same cards that comes out. And you are building it yourself, but in this game we have the patterns that comes out, and this is what it's interesting. It's generating new and interesting patterns in uh, very new and interesting ways. So um, there's not a lot of things that we can randomize things these days. You can shuffle a deck of cards, you can pull something out of a bag, but now we have this new interesting cube uh, or pattern generating cube uh, <laughs> machine yeah, yeah. <laughs> type thing that that can that can make a. Each game seems new and fresh and interesting each time that you go to it. And then it's actually uh, liberating to uh, not have to have to learn new rules and remember each time, oh, now it's uh, these things that wants to be next to these things and such like that. Uh, but we have two sides on the player board. So we do have two sets of rules for the game. So you can play in, in two different modes, but we don't have like, a, you, c- you can customize them with uh, like five cards for each type or something. And you draw one from each pile each time or something like that. No. Yeah, not like... Uh... Uh, t- like tiny towns or something like that, where you yeah change yeah. everything up every time. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
so with that, what spatial games do you both enjoy? Because <laughs> uh, obviously you, you both have been uh, influenced by by different games, um, or or what uh, interactive games? Because you mentioned that too. So either what spatial games have influenced you, or what interactive games have influenced you as designers? Do you do you have an answer on top of your head, Cole? <laughs> I, I have one you thing, wanna... and and yeah. you you are gonna say, of course, uh, when I say. <laughs> Uh, because uh, one of my go-to games, whenever we talk, almost whenever we talk about something, is Terraforming Mars. Um, oh, and really? You can say, what does Terraforming Mars has to do with this game? And in some aspects, it 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 doesn't. And in some of them, I think there are a lot of single <laughs> okay. components in Terraforming Mars that are interesting to take out and analyze and and discuss. So that has been a big influence for me, also because I like to play the game a lot. And um, and but I can't really can't really figure out why I think this is a good game. So I'm, I think, constantly <laughs> mentally dissecting that game and trying to figure out, well, there must be something here. And then whenever we discuss about some design aspect or another, I, I usually go like that. Like for instance, for our uh, solo mode, the game has a solo mode. Like one of the my lessons from Terraforming Mars, which I've played also quite a lot solo, is that it's interesting because you both have a point score, so I can play against myself, getting better and better. But I also have a criteria for actually winning. So, and those two are sort of working a little bit against each other. So I have to match my criteria for even be considered winning. And then I have to push my score. And if I get too greedy pushing my score, I might not win. And then the, the score doesn't matter. And it's actually uh, the same um, uh, core concept that we have built into our solo mode, uh, that uh, there are some criteria I need to match. Uh, but I also need to score points. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I would not have gone to terraform in Mars no. <laughs> in relation to, to your game, but yeah, no I, no, I love a good solo game. So that, that's that's good to hear. That I, I actually did not realize it had a solo mode. Um, but I mean, that, I think that's going to appeal to a lot of people because uh, that I, I'm in a solo group on, on Facebook, and that during the pandemic grew from like. I think there are maybe 1500 people in it to like over 12,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So cool. Uh, yeah. Mads, how, how about you? What, what uh, influenced you in, uh, in, in, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure because I play a lot of tiling games and, and uh, I make a lot okay. of tiling games and, and oftentimes Cole, he's laughing now because I've come up with some, so many ideas for tiling games that I've shown him and it's like, oh yes, it's the tiling game mess uh, again. <laughs> <Yeah. know? laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't have any off the top of my head um, except for Cascadia. I think somebody asked me to do yeah. uh, like a recommendation for, I think it was last Christmas. And this was before Cascadia was uh, huge and popular and everything. And I, I've got it off uh, Kickstarter. Thought it was a very interesting game. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had to recommend the game for other uh, people on, on the podcast up uh, until Christmas. And uh, Cascadia was my, my pick back then. And it still is. I think it's a fantastic game. Uh, what really surprises me about Cascadia is that the way that you can... Um, played with like gamers and non-gamers and you can even play i played it with a six-year-old son and th that's not because my son is like one of those uh, six-year-olds who can play terraforming mars and beat me uh, uh, eight out of ten games or something like that it's more like uh it has a mode that uh where you just kind of shave off uh, a lot of the complexity and it just becomes uh, a different game 
but it's still recognizable and it's still Cascadia and, you know, uh, I just love how, how it's able to do that. And, 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 and yeah, it's just, it, it's hitting that fine line between something that's making you think, but it's not giving you a headache. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it yeah. plays in 45 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I have to ask, uh, I, I'm guessing you're similar in age to me. Did you grow up playing uh, Tetris on like the original Game Boy? I don't think my fam- we didn't have a Game Boy. We, we oh, couldn't okay. afford uh, to have a, like oh. stuff like that. Oh sure, but sure. I think that we had some of the cheap uh, knockoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, okay. I had one of those games, but it wasn't the original first. Uh, no, I, I didn't get one until I got I could get one used at the pawn shop. So don't don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah, no, no. But like uh, recently, um, my uh, my older son turned fourteen, and and there's a local arcade where you can pay a, a small fee for a group of people, and then like go play classic games. And they had Tetris, and it took me back to being like eleven. And playing Tetris for hours and hours and hours. So, so I totally get like wanting to manipulate things spatially, like because uh, I don't know. T- Tetris is, is is something that when I can play something that feels like that on a board game, I'm I'm always happy. So, um, yeah. not 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 that Cascadia is that Cascadia is not that. But when when you said it's more open, yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. But when you said all the tile laying games yeah <laughs> um because, because tetris is like it's about getting it's about packing basically how compact can i make it and that's yeah. not really an element in a game like cascadia it's not a question i can always have my tile right. where i play it right right yeah right no no yeah absolutely no there's it's just more the uh, uh when mad said yeah of course is gonna laugh at this but all the all yeah. the tile <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's true yeah it's, it's <laughs> Well, what what? So, if you were to recommend to somebody, you know, besides Cascadia, so I'm going to put you on the spot more. I'm, I'm going to push it. Besides Cascadia, what are three other tile laying games that you would recommend? And if of any type, I'm going to have to look on on Board Game Geek to see. Okay, what yeah, I have yeah, in my do it. We, we could, this, this is. Yeah, I'm not. A, I actually don't. I don't have that many tile laying games that comes to mind. I have to go look at the shelves if I have to. No, 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 no. So, it. okay, so that'll okay. be Mad's question. And while he is looking okay. up, my question for you then, Core, because I love terraforming Mars too. Then is, do you play with Prelude? If yes. okay, you do. Okay, so do you? Uh, some people have said that that it, it cuts out part of what. Um, Part of what the game does well early on, uh, as far as being a little bit more cutthroat, um, do you think that's true or not? Since you've played tons, um, yeah, maybe. I think um, maybe <laughs> it does that. I've actually not thought that much about it. What I often hear people say about Prelude is that uh, it makes the game shorter, and I oh, actually absolutely. in yeah. time, and but I actually don't agree with that. Uh, not not no. as much as people think. First of all, I think the, the drafting process, initial drafting, uh, a picking of cards will be a bit longer because people are looking more, for, it's harder to find the synergies. But what you actually cut out, in my opinion, is the first two, two three generations, which in most games, like, not the first generation, but the second and third generation in the, in the, in the preload free game. And I find those are generally played very fast. 
That's at least my experience. And they played very fast because people are very limited. They spend their initial resources and then they're very limited in a couple of rounds until the engine starts rolling. Um, so I don't feel like it does the game much shorter. What I do like and why I often play with, almost always play with people, is that um, I think basically the, the one of the best parts is looking at those 10 initial projects, your two corps, your four preload cards and finding the synergy. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, I could probably stop playing the moment I confirmed that I found a good synergy. So, like in Generation Five, I could probably stop playing because now I know this engine was working. This was a good match of cards. Right. So, and it expands that fun because the prelude cards add something extra into that. Um, but I actually recently played a couple of solo games without it because I wanted to, uh, you know, get the what was the feeling like before. Uh -huh. And I actually found that now that I've played so much for Prelude, it was fine without as well. I actually enjoyed that too. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That... All right. So now that we've given Mads time okay. to, to. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what, what, what do you got for, for three? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I've got even better. I've got five, but I'll be okay, very sure yeah. about it. Okay, so first of all, Copenhagen is it's from uh, Esker uh, and Daniel. It, it's a fantastic uh, like yeah. uh, it, it's using those uh, usual Italian games. I'm just very, very, very surprised the year it came out that it was not nominated or even mentioned from the Spiel des Jahres. I think they just had a new jury, and the old jury would have 100% put it up uh, for one of the spots, I think. That's um, interesting. Okay, yeah. Then we have uh, Carcassonne, which is just uh, a game that I've completely forgotten about, but it's the, like the original old-timer, uh, and I just uh, took it out recently, and my six-year-old uh, boy, he's uh, loving it. And for that reason, I am too, just rediscovering it. It's great. Um, then we have a, I'm cheating a little bit. We have a game called Drop It, which is uh, one of those games. It's not really a tile lane game. It's more like a tile dropping <laughs> game okay, okay. where the tiles are more like just geometrical shapes and you drop it into uh, like, a, um, what do you call like five on a row? What would you call those type of games yeah, where you have, have this stand up board with two glass plates or plexiglass where you, plates? Where you, where oh, you put in the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I, but in this game, we don't, yeah, we just put it in between two like, pieces of plexiglass which is just all clear and then we we, we drop different shapes and then it has different rules for how you want to drop them and make them uh, I, so it's just taking something that's classic and yeah. giving it a twist and it just feels completely different and completely new i totally so, forgot about that game until you mentioned it i had, I had to look it up a picture of it yeah okay yeah. cool and yeah. then we have a uh, karuba which is a, a bingo style tiling game that everybody can play and it's one of the games that I bring to this game night almost all the time because if somebody's new and they don't play a lot of games this is one of the games you can just teach them and everybody's just enjoying it in like no time and uh, finally we have a Nova Luna which I think it's a uh, overlooked uh, designed by Uwe Rosenberg but he did it in co-design sort of he didn't really co-design it he he had another game he looked at another game from another designer and said I think I can do this better somehow yeah. or something yeah. and then he, he redesigned it and then he put uh, put the game out and then uh, both of their names are on the box but they didn't have any cooperation doing the game yeah, uh, yeah. which is kind of weird um, but I think this is the better version of um, patchwork uh, for me at least and it plays up to four players yeah 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 I I, 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 uh, I have heard uh, people make that comparison I, I, I enjoy that game also Um I mean, it was was it completely overlooked? I thought it. I thought it got a nod from the Spiel uh, committee. Copenhagen? There. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Nova Luna. Oh, Nova Luna. Nova Luna. Yeah, Luna I think I think that one uh, got a 
on the short list or something. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought I thought at least got on the short list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but but another lot of people are talking about it. It's still uh, you know it's it's patchwork all the way. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's not really like patchwork, but I I like to make the comparison. It has the same sort of you go around and uh, whoever's yeah. last goes first and so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I can see I can see the comparison. Um, so on the, on that note, I mean that's part of the reason I asked you what you would um, recommend to new players. Why, why don't you tell people? Uh, and for those that can't see, uh, Mads has a. I assume it's a poster. Is it a poster to to his uh, shoulder left? Uh, yeah. Uh, this. Yeah. This yeah. 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 Um, but. Uh, about the local game club he uh, is involved in and um, uh, meets once or twice a week. And, and yeah, tell, tell us about that. And uh, how do you introduce people to games? And then we can segue for both of you. How are you going to, uh, well, let's talk about that and then I'll, then I'll segue, but we'll, we'll, we'll All right. come back to the shake that city in a second. Yeah. So I just recently moved out of the second biggest city in Denmark to one of the suburbs outside of the city. Uh, it's a place called Lustrup. <clears throat> and we have around 10,000 citizens or something like, like that out here. Um, and it's very mixed. It's like a, every time we have like an election, uh, this is one of the places they will, will do the polls because we have uh, like the exit polls and because we are, we are uh, like a, a perfect representation of the rest of the country, apparently. So <laughs> we have the rich, the poor and everybody in between and everything from, uh, yeah. Um, and um, so I moved here uh, some years ago and I just wanted to start it up start up something where I could play myself, but also that I, I just enjoy, you know, uh, spreading the word about uh, board games. It's really uh, my big passion uh, in life. And um, so I, I, I just opened up uh, where I live. We have like a, a place you can rent uh, for like parties and stuff like that. And then I rented that for uh, like seven Tuesdays in a row a couple of years ago, just before the big Corona lockdowns started. And uh, a lot of people showed up and we didn't have enough chairs and people went home to get chairs and stuff like that. And it was, it was quite amazing. And um, yeah, then the, all the Corona stuff happened. It's been like up and down a little bit and uh, we found a new place to stay. And, uh, but yeah, we, we still see a lot of people coming and uh, we just enjoy uh, you know, spreading the gospel <laughs> about board games. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note, how, is that the type of, of place you both met or did you know each other uh, just via uh, board game design community in, in uh, Denmark? Um, yeah, I think uh, the more accurate answer is the latter. So I, okay. I mean, I, I haven't met the board game design communities in other countries, but I think in Denmark we have a uh, community where we are not a big country, and a lot of the people who are engaged in board game design know each other, and especially the people who are doing this to draw some sort of substantial income, either living or fully or partly. So there's a rather strong community and a lot of uh, knowledge sharing and helping each other and so on. So um, and that's actually where also where me and Mass uh, got to know each other. We've both been active at the festival. I think that's where we first met, which is a, a big Danish, uh, maybe the, the biggest, I don't know, the second biggest Danish yeah. uh, gaming convention uh, where we both were involved in. There's a board game design competition there, and we were both uh, involved in that, both as participants or as organizers and going back and forth and uh, doing different things um, in that respect. So that's where we uh, we got to know each other. And I think we're a big part of the Danish board game design community also meet and, and discuss. 
that's cool. And, and actually, that's where I was going to go next. Is uh, are are you both going to Essen, or what? What does that look like for for yes. yeah? Cool. Yeah, we are we are going. I think it's the first time we are going uh, together or following along. We've been there both at the same time, but going together both to show off Shake That City actually at uh, AEG's uh, booth. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and, come by and uh, say say hi if you if this airs before Essen Spiel, and you can meet uh, Ko and I. We are at the AG booth in Hall Three for some of the time, some of the days. I can't really remember yeah. exactly right now, but uh, we're gonna be there quite a lot. So so yeah, I can get a demonstration and, if you want. Yeah, and and the rest of the time, I mean, this is not the only game we've designed. So uh -huh. we have uh, more ideas on the table, and also some we are pitching. So. I've actually lost a bit track. Mass is coordinating all the meetings, so uh, but we will also be talking to a lot of publishers about the new game ideas, both something we do together. Yeah. And also Mass is doing quite a lot more himself than I am, so um, those are we also for the time being. Push. Yeah. Yeah, for the time being, yeah. Yeah. And if if you see us running, don't stop us, please. <laughs> I think we've booked something like uh, meetings with I I think it's 24 publishers by now, yeah. so Wow. And some of these meetings are back to back, but we try to book them in the same hall so that you know we'll have just less minutes to run. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna yeah. Be, I, uh, have either of you ever attended any of the conventions in the states, uh, Gen Con or anything? I I've never, um, never been oh, to I, the US, so yeah, but I want yeah. to. Cool. I have uh, been to I've been to the US with work quite a few times, um, and I've been there a couple of times on vacation. Uh, and uh, some years ago, I was um, uh, in the in the US, and actually I was on vacation with my wife, and we decided we wanted to go to a gaming convention. So we went to a gaming convention in Birmingham, which is called Play On Con, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, which was a very cool uh, experience uh, to see. It's uh, very different from Danish gaming conventions. I don't think uh, the scope for this uh, is enough to try to explain how how different they are, but it was a very, very cool experience. Um, yeah. And I got to uh, play Cards Against Humanity and found out that uh, at least those people I was playing with, their humor and Danish humor have nothing in common. And that's how I learned <laughs> that Cards Against Humanity is not a game about being funny. It's about a game about knowing what the others find funny. And I did yeah. not know that. <laughs> that, that. That is true. Uh, <laughs> was that your first exposure to that game? Had you heard of yeah. it before? No, nope. and and they were very very nice people who spent a lot of time warning me about how horrible this game was, and yeah. I must admit they prepared me for something much much more horrible. Where I'm like, it's it's not that bad really, but they were I think they were very concerned and they probably didn't know where they had me. You know what kind of person was I because I, I was a European and maybe I had different standards on some of those topics it gets around. Yeah, I I. Uh... It's it's one of those games that I, I consider more of an activity than a than a yeah. game, but uh, it, it, that's interesting to be uh, down in Bernie. Well, the reason I ask is um, for some of our listeners, that what all they are going to be familiar with is, is things like Origins. I, I'm here in Ohio, so that's an hour and a half from me, uh, which is the, the uh, game convention put on by the Game Manufacturers Association. And then Gen Con is also an hour and a half in the other direction in Indianapolis. But both of those are really more about playing games, even Gen Con, even though it has 50,000 people or so, uh, versus something like the New York 
Toy Fair, which is going to be a lot more like what Essen is like, like the New York Toy Fair has over 100,000 people and it's more of a business setting. Uh, and, and from what I understand and what I've seen pictures and videos of, of Essen, uh, you're only doing like minute, two minute pitches for your games. People are coming in and out. There's lines for the games. You're not sitting down at a table and, and uh, just in the, in the same way that you, that you would. Um, I mean, does, does Essen even have the giant game hall that that no. like gin con does no 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 it, it, you're, yeah. you're partly right you can actually for many of the games sit down and get to play them oh but it's you, obviously okay. not what not every not every game and it might be hard to get a slot and yeah. it's obviously not okay. it's obvious that it started out as a business fair and then yeah. has sort of transitioned into a convention but not real it's a weird <laughs> hybrid that's neither one or the other and at the same time both so it can sometimes be a bit confusing, I think. I think yeah. the biggest biggest problem with, with playing games at the fair, there's actually two problems, but one is that it's, there's not a lot of uh, space to, to okay. play. There's there's no common areas that you can sit and play. There's only like restaurants and stuff, and you know everybody's just eating and going in and out. It, everybody's coming to Essen to buy games and then go to their hotel yeah. or back home <laughs> to play the games. Um, yeah. But yeah. the convention space uh, where you should have sit, sat down and, and played the game the publishers have to pay for you know the size of the booth yep. so they're not putting that much money towards you know making a huge table space that you can sit down and a lot of people can play they will have some space but it's like maximum the same size as their own like sales booth or something like that only the biggest 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 publishers or uh, some, some some like smd or something like that they might have a bigger play space uh but it's commonly shared then between different publishers that they're under their umbrella or something like that. So, yeah. Right. And, and, and then on top of that comes the noise. It's just, uh, it's not a hotel, you know, with carpets on the floor that will, uh, the noise is just bouncing off all the walls and it's just, um, yeah, it's like, uh, I, I imagine what, like a, a busy day in the subway or something like, it's just a rah, 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 rah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> So it's yeah. hard to concentrate uh, at the fair, but you can get an idea. You typically get a, like a, if it's a complicated game, uh, I played one the last time I was there, and it's like a two, three hour game, and we played the first two, two, three rounds out of twelve or something, just to get oh, a taste okay. of what it was like. And then uh, you could decide then and there, okay, did I like this? Then I'm gonna go buy it, or if not, move on. Right. So you do have that opportunity, but playing a full game, it's yeah, it's not that uh, uh, common. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to, to be there to play. You're supposed to be there to buy, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and, and that's that's what I've heard from those who have attended and, and those who even uh, presented there is it's just a different sort of uh, culture and, and event. So, um, so shake that city. What? Uh, how do you? are you looking forward to that experience of sharing it with people or does that make either of you nervous or what, what are you thinking? Um, <laughs> oh, that's, I, that's the whole point. Go ahead, go. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I mean, now we've been working on this game. Yeah. You can figure out by, we started just when lockdown hit and, and, you know, <laughs> playing with people here and there, but I mean, the whole point is to get, people to see it. I mean, when I said my point was like, I want to have a game published, it's yeah. because I want to see people enjoy something that I've made. That's really, uh, so yeah. no, this is going to be awesome. Not yeah. at all nervous. Okay. We've, we've no, we've, and if we, we've been with the, with the prototype to a few uh, like local conventions here in Denmark yeah. and, and, you know, every, every time 
we start explaining the game, it's like, and, and of course you start showing off the shaker. So it's uh, it's uh, like 30, 30 seconds into the pitch of the game, you, you'll show how the shaker works. You lift up the, the shaker and everybody's just like, oh, yep. <laughs> show me more. <laughs> and then uh, you're kind of hooked from there. So um, yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm no. not. I'm not worried. I'm not uh, at all. I think this is gonna do great, especially at conventions. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry that you can't buy it. Buy it at, at Essen this year, but um, um, yeah, next year you can, or you know, all, all the other conventions in between. So um, yeah, I'm just yeah. looking forward to it. Like, core, it's, it's just seeing somebody else play your game. That's that's really and and enjoying themselves. And yeah, that's 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 what we do. That's why we do it, right? So. Well, I mean, everybody has different motivations for everything, and some some people don't like big crowds, and so forth. so that, that's why I ask yeah. because some people like the idea of having you know it's in their contracts that they're expected to go to Essen if that's the release and whatever, and some people are like, well, I'll do it because I have to, but I hate it, and uh, you know, other people like the both of you sound like you are looking forward to the experience, so that's yes. that's that's great. Uh, I mean everyone's just different right so <laughs> yeah yeah um what is and and uh and, and then if there's anything else that the two of you want to talk about we can end with that but what, what is the thing that you think people might forget in the game that you want to make sure that they remember to do i think you might have kind of alluded to this in, in terms of uh making sure that you're just aware of where what everybody is out but i i, I don't know the, what's that one rule or maybe not even a rule but just that thing that sometimes people will forget when they're learning to play your game i don't think we've seen anything like consistently enough to say that there's this one thing that we can point to i i've personally been a little bit worried about uh the setting up of the game and it, it's not something that will ruin your experience or make it a much worse game um but uh, the way we intended it and the way it's designed is that like i said earlier that if you're looking at your player board you should be able to look at the other players player boards and then figure out can they use what i'm taking now mm -hmm. and uh if you miss during setup that uh, these player boards, if you align them so that what you're seeing and then you rotate it to the next player and they're seeing that and, and you think that's the same, uh, but you actually have to, one player has to kind of look at their player board upside down, if that makes sense, because mm. somebody else is seeing it the right way. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that in words without, you know, illustrations, uh, but uh, it's shown in the rule book. And I just recently posted something about it in the Danish design community uh, uh, just to ask, does this look confusing to anybody? And, and to my uh, relief, uh, everybody, except one person, got it exactly right. Uh, and the one person who got it wrong is one who uh, who uh, translates uh, rules into Danish. <laughs> so I, <know. laughs> I think it's a good thing that if he's going to translate our rule book, then uh, it's a good thing that uh, we caught him early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anything that you want to add, Core? No, no, I, I agree with Matt. I can't uh, think of uh, any consistent uh, issue uh, we've seen. I mean, sometimes people are not allowed to rotate the pattern. They copy it down directly as it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially with these disconnected patterns, that like you have cubes that are not adjacent, but there's some space between them. Yeah. Sometimes when people copy those down, uh, they can uh, uh, remember the pattern wrong. Right, um, yeah. But that's not something you know. As you must say, "Oh, remember this." It's more like being aware of how the, they are spatially set together. Um, I think that's the thing I see most that people sometimes miss on. But there's usually somebody at the table if they're just paying a little bit of attention that can say, "Oh, I think you did that wrong." 
and, yeah. and then it's, no it's, it's more it's more of an issue of of getting used to oh these shapes now they are actually uh, like modular polyominoes like i said i don't know if that's a word that it's it is now. I, I call it it is now it is now first first <laughs> use of it yeah yeah <laughs> uh so it's just it, it might take a little bit getting used to but we've shown this obviously to so many people who have not seen it before it's just playing their first game uh and yeah every once in a while there's there is one player uh, who will forget something like that uh, or not forget it like just copy it wrong oh yeah, and yeah somebody will look at it and say whoa you didn't do that correctly and then they were like okay um let me just adjust so yeah, yeah. cool yeah. Any, anything else that either of you would like to add before we wrap up today uh, i think just uh go check out the game yeah. <laughs> and see if it's something for you. I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. It, you know, it, it's going to, AG, they, they got uh, Cascadia that just won Spielish Hours with the uh, Cascadia and, and Korn. I, we had like a, a yeah. design goal, not, not as like a, uh, a design goal in the sense that we want to win the Spielish Hours because who doesn't want to do that if you're a game designer, but, yeah. but just to, to figure out that uh, focus uh, group of people, like who are we aiming this game mm-hmm. at and for? Mm-hmm. And, and early on, we realized that AG, they, they had a bit different idea about what we had, and then we had to like sort of align to each other to see um, which is the actual target group for this game. But but uh, we won <laughs> that discussion, so <laughs> that's good. Uh, we wanted just to be uh, a game that's easily and very like available to everyone, uh, one that you can pick up uh, easily. And uh, mm-hmm. as it's shown, it's it's quite addictive gameplay. So we we have a we have a very good feeling about this game. We think it's gonna get a lot of attention. Yeah. Great. Yes. Uh, At least do, we hope. Yeah. do do you know is it going to be like thirty euros, forty euros? Where, where do you know where it's going to land? When the price, yeah. I think it's going to be priced similar to Cascadia and Calico okay. and games like that. Yeah, it's going. It's the okay. box is the same size. It's it's exactly the same size yeah. as, as those games. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, and yeah. probably I think that maybe the game will be cheaper on Kickstarter, or yeah. at least you'll get some yeah. other stuff with the game. That we can't talk yeah, about, yeah, I think uh, but yeah, I, don't I don't know, know exactly. if we are supposed to talk about it. Yeah, what what are you saying? Go. Cool. I don't know if we are supposed to talk about it. No, well, I Take don't. Really think I don't really know, but I think it's been discussed. So maybe it yeah. will be like that, and maybe not. But uh, yeah, check yeah. it out when it, when it it's probably it's Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah, so maybe there'll be some surprises on on, on the Kickstarter about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we haven't committed to too much. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much. I hope you have a, a good day there and uh, we'll be looking forward to the game. I know I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, uh, appreciate your time. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. And thank, thank you for, you having, for us. having us. Yeah. yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. It's been a very enjoyable talk. Yes. Yeah. For sure. You've just been listening to Board Game Games Season 4, Episode 8, as I talked with Mads and Core about game design and what they value in game design what it's like to design with a game design partner and their game shake that city thanks for listening as we continue to explore the world of tabletop gaming happy gaming we'll catch you later